0: good evening everyone welcome to the program tonight i'm joined by one of my all-time favorite poets linda ember linda's poetry is well crafted and touches the heart it is also extremely thoughtful clever and witty i could go on and on to be quite honest her new book is titled speakers frequency which has been described as full of splendid images that will inspire and remind you why it's so great to be alive. There are also in the book some sorrowful images to which many, many people can relate. Welcome, Linda Ember. Hello, Linda.
1: Hello, Michael. Good to talk to you again. This is exciting.
0: Yes, it is. It's is. We, you're welcome on this program, as you know, anytime, and I'm glad you're back with me. So what I'd like to share with the listeners is that tonight's program will be slightly different. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I enjoy many, M-I-N-I, poetry con, con, concerts. Excuse me. Linda will share her work in five sets. As usual, I will ask a few questions between each set So let's begin this journey together. Linda, you're on. Okay.
1: Okay. You want me to go ahead and get started on my first step? Okay. Here
0: we go. Oh, actually, actually, no. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't start your first (laughs) step. You know I ask questions. (laughs) I want you to tell me, my friend, about speaker's frequency.
1: Okay. Speaker's frequency is, It's divided into two sections. I tend to put sections in my poetry. So the first section is um, reflections on the here and now, and the second section is the there and then. Now, the here and now is divided into some other parts, but it's basically just your regular, uh, you know, poetry about just regular stuff um the the there and then portion is more metaphysical. there's some spiritual things in there, and there's some uh, esoteric types of poems in there, some science fictiony types of things.
0: All right, why did you decide to write this particular book?
1: I wrote that particular book because i i I tended to have a lot I had a lot of. Por- portrait in both camps, I had a lot of things that were just regular sorts of things that people would write about, and then I had some things that um you know were were just kind of the what if I'm really big into what if and so I th- those are a lot of the what if types of thing what if this happened and what if this happened and that's where you kind of get to the metaphysical and some of those other things
0: all right you know what I'd like to know before I ask you a question about your book's cover I want to go back in time when you okay. think about the first poem that you put together that you wrote how does the message mm-hmm. differ than your work today or your first poem
1: okay okay well my first poem was not that different than the way I write today my per- my first poem that I wrote was called chance And it was uh, a poem that I wrote after I went to the funeral of a friend of mine, and she looked really good in her coffin, except for the hands. You know, they've got those flat fingers on the hands. And so I wrote a poem about that. That was just a reaction to what I saw and how I felt. Uh, My second poem was called Two. And it was based I was do I'm a big crossword puzzle fan. And I right. ran across the word Lamb and I didn't know what it meant. So I looked it up and it was a flickering flame and I thought, That's kind of interesting. I thought well I, so I started thinking about things that flicker. Anyway, long story short, it turned out to be a poem about tombs from uh starting with the Taj Mahal and going down to unmarked graves. And kind of going, you know, spiraling down into what are considered less important graves, um, at least in terms of of majesticness, and but then there's a little blurb at the end, and it talks about a small grotto with a small rock rolled back, and that that's the most majestic of all. And, of course, that's Christ's tomb. So that's kind of how I put it together. It, was, it, was, it, it, it right. was fun to write. It was very interesting. But I did get the word Lambence in there. That was a big deal. All
0: right. Very nice, yeah. very nice. You know, as I've had yeah. an opportunity to look at your books, especially the cover of it, tell us about the process for coming up with the cover. The cover.
1: Well, uh, my husband and I are big night view people, and Spica is one of our guide stars. Arcturus is one, and Spica is another one. You know, we have a telescope, and it's uh, computerized, and you program in where you want it to, you know, kind of the area you want it to go in. So in order to make it to... to, uh, moderate it and get it to work right, you have to, have to find a couple of guide stars. And I just thought speaker was a really cool name for a star. So, you know, that's the one that I, uh, and I thought, well, frequency is more about, that, that kind of goes into that whole thing about people's mood and their emotions and everything. You think of people's frequency in terms of, uh, you know, how they act and how they feel. So it kind of tied it together that way. So then I found the picture, and it looked like, you know, a space sort of thing, you know, a a star or something coming up over. I just thought it looked cool. That's what I did. Right,
0: and it does. (laughs) I like it. You know, you've written a number of books, my friend. You've written a number of books. Uh So – do you try to be original in each book, or do you deliver what the readers want? Because you've got a lot of fans.
1: Um, I write for me. Mm. I read for mm. other people, but I write mm. for me. My my writing process. My writing mm. process is is and always has been. Number one, uh, it, it's my way to make sense of the world as okay. I understand as I understand the world. You know, I I wow. can only put my my uh feet in other people's shoes so much. You know, I know what mm-hmm. I believe and what I think and how I feel. So, my sense of how I lay things out and and how I perceive things is my own individual. So, that's how I do it.
0: All right, very nice. Very nice. I mean, it's a very honest way to do it, writing for yourself. Thank you. So it's time for us to hear your work. Linda, you're on. Okay. Okay.
1: Can I tell you one more thing? I do have another book coming out real quickly, okay? It's called Rhythms Told. And it's going to be published by Soma Publishing this fall. I won't tell you too much more about it because we'll get back on the radio and we'll go back <laughs> yes. and talk. You'll be back.
0: Yeah, You'll be we'll back. We'll talk about, <laughs> yeah, You'll talk about yes, it. I will
1: but I do have three oh, right. Uh, it's it, 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 a, a book of constant kind of shorter poems and I'm not to read three of those first um, the first one is called mortal it's a sunset veranda river valley and hills beyond a jumble of painted and carved expressions lyrical statements melted into a screen of trees we must sharpen our understanding develop sympathetic magic as we chronicle our dreams and ideals, sharply debate on success of things accomplished, realizing that while we may create verandas, we will never create sunsets. Okay, the next one is called Cry. Burn these chains, plant my garden without sin, invent the future without poisoning the air, put betrayal beyond reach, no damnation laid at your feet. Legend will regard us as the ones whose weary tears were shed for the grace of the world. And the last ones, very short, it's called mates. He's classical, I'm rock and roll. We're both Tolkien. I guess the universe can play matchmaker and get it right the first time. Okay, so those are three from Rhythms Told, which will be published by Soma. And then I have a couple that are that are kind of older ones that are that are coming kind of, you neat. Know, I thought I'd do my most modern ones and I'd go back and you know do some real oldie moldies Is that okay
0: Michael oh. Dear God. Michael I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here I'm here I'm <laughs> here. Linda, you know, good people, when there are technical problems, we, on this particular show, roll with the punches. So I'd like you to hold on for a second, and hopefully, we'll be right back. Linda? Yes. Yes, I there am oh, sorry. technical problems, always technical problems, always.
1: Okay. But well, that's, that's fine. And I'm at back.
0: Least, yeah, at least a, but
1: I didn't hang up on you. Okay, so I don't know how Good. much you heard. Did you hear, hear the three poems and then uh, – or did yes, I cut out? Yes, I, fir- or... I
0: heard the first three. I'm waiting to hear the second Okay.
1: Okay, okay, you're waiting to hear the the, the old moldies. Okay, this one's called What Old Portraits on Dusty Bookshelves where dire warnings rule, bad beliefs disabused, good sense overruled. We on the upswing, their memories slipshod, best advice not taken, their cautioning declarations. We become roped in, doubtlessly shaken. We skip along sidewalks, ignoring the roadblocks, pinning us in to taste sin. We, like shipwrecks that had been, from back when fires were set near rocks to draw prey in. Weren't those ancient tales just meant to shock? Walking those burning sidewalks now on feet unshod tells us the hindsight of those portraits were not just facade. And what they wished to tell, their retrospect alarm bells delivered from their watchfulness and their cautiousness we should heed. And then the next one is called Mods Dancing. This this one was fun to write because you, you and I are old enough to remember, you know, the whole, you know, British Invasion and, you know, all that kind of business. And this may be lost on some of the younger people, but believe me, guys, that was a really cool time. It's called Mods Dancing. Remember all the mod clothes and everything back then, Michael?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't want to okay. remember, but I do. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> I'm old, Linda. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I nailed
1: you on that one. I couldn't. Did you really did. You, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you did. Hey, I yeah. wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. Hey, I'm gonna, All right. I'm going
1: to be old on this show, so are you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, let me stop. Let me Let me be quiet. All right. Okay, let me. This
1: was called Mod, Mod's Dancing. Stripes, squares, planes, and angles, lots of stripes, black pinstripes, but not sergeant stripes, parallel lines and black and white squares, but no squares on the dance floor, undulating. Music from the speakers, blasting, pulsing, electric vibes, and as they begin to move subtly, twist but don't shout, hands expressive, self-expression without judgment, their own music, the mods. Their lives are all about fashion, all about the thumping beat. Dance floors are so crowded with bodies moving in place, eyes closed, experiencing rhythms heard with their unique ears. They weave and bounce but keep the attitude cool. Girls with hair with bangs, but not loud bangs of escalating war in some foreign land. Boys with hair grown to length, hanging over collars, sharp collars for that will uh, for, and that for some will be replaced with drab green. Clothes not funereal, surprisingly, not dull, checkerboard patterns dazzling the eye, something so colorful about this dress worn by kids who had yet to discover hip, those for whom video was all in the head. Okay, so the, that's the first step there. All right. <laughs> only. Okay. <laughs> only a <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I those, things.
0: I remember those things. I remember those things. Let Let me ask you, you a question, that. my friend. Sure. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What I'd like to know from you, as we continue our journey together, how do you develop your poems? If you can, with one of the pieces that you've recited, kind of guide us through the stages of that poem. How did you come up with it?
1: Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I think I'm dancing since that was such a fun one. You know, I started out with describing the clothes you know, the stars, the squares, the planes, the angles and all that. And then I kind of started messing around with words that would tie into, you know, in, in, in other words, white, the black and white squares and four, but no squares on the dance floor, you know, because back then, if you were square, you know, you wouldn't be a mod and get out there. Um, There was some other thing, you know, I described the hairstyles and I described the sharp collars that for some will be replaced with drab green. You know, Vietnam was going on back then, the Korean War and and things like that. So um, that's where, you know, you, you had some, so there was some juxtaposition in there. I just—it's more of a descriptive poem, but I was able to tie some of the the uh, current social events into it. Even though it was, like was right. on a dance floor dancing,
0: yeah. So, I wonder how long I did it take that. you to? How long did it take you to craft that particular piece?
1: Oh, it probably took a couple of days to really go. You know, to. Re- to probably two days to kind of lay it out and then, uh, you know, another day or two or three to kind of read and reread it and reread it. and decide. you know, I have to look at things. I have to say, okay, did I what did I say stupid or did I, uh, there's usually something. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's how it works. And right. thought, okay. Now, and, and, then, and then I look for, you know, am I, am I repeating a lot of words now? Now, uh, of course, you know, I repeat the word stripes a lot in that first that first two lines. Stripes, squares, planes, angles, lots of stripes, flat pin stripes, but not sergeant stripes. And again, referring back to the war. Um, so, you know, the, the the stripes was on purpose there. I'm I'm really careful with my work not to try and in in the same poem repeat a word over and over again unless it has a purpose, unless it's mm-hmm. meant to be part of. The fun of what i 'm doing,
0: so that's well, well, when you think about your writing in general,,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is a poem letting you guard down or building a wall? I guess that's just kind of a philosophical question, I would guess what do you think about that's that? that's a
1: really good no that's an excellent question. I think that's a question you should be asking all your poets on there um. I think if I were if if I were building a wall, I wouldn't be putting it out there in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand the question, and I understand mm-hmm. that uh, I I try and be as unguarded. But on the other hand, you know you are a little guarded about things. You don't want you know you know I don't want to go into all yes stupid stuff that happened when I was twelve or something like that. You know, because it's not. It, it, it may be a therapy session, but again, uh, if I'm writing for therapy, that that's not the, something that goes out to an audience, you know. And I do have right. pieces like that that I've that have written just to kind of get things off my chest. Uh, mm-hmm. Some even some things along the line of slam poetry types of things, but those aren't things that people really want to hear because they have their own problems. Mm-hmm. They don't really care, you know, about mine, which is fine. No, I understand Mm -hmm. that. So I always try and keep it back to uh, that making sense of the world. But that making sense of the world also involves making sense of something that happened or that I feel. So that's a really good question. You really need to ask everybody that.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, one of the things I've always mm -hmm. liked about your work is that I view it as being very accessible. I can understand it. And what I want to know from you, as you've read poetry yourself, how hard should you Mm -hmm. work at a poem to solve it or to read it? How hard should you work?
1: Oh, to read read and interpret a poem? Is that what you're asking? Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Um, It depends on whether I'm interested in the subject or not. If I'm interested in the subject, I will spend a lot of time uh trying to analyze a poem i'm not a writer by trade though i mean i'm just i'm i'm i mean uh, this is something that i decided i'd always decided i wanted to do since i was a kid and i thought okay someday Mm -hmm. when i retire i'm gonna write poetry and you know finally got around to it um Mm -hmm. but yeah i you just um it really depends on the subject matter. If right. Or if, if it's something that I'm looking at for a friend, you know, I'll spend a lot of time, more time analyzing it and kind of deciding. But I try not to be really critical of people's work um, mm-hmm. for several reasons. You know, I mean, poetry is very personal uh, regardless fish. of whether you're writing for yourself or whether you're writing for an audience. You can usually mm-hmm. tell the difference. You can usually tell that if somebody's writing for themselves or writing, for, you know, for other people. And uh, yeah, at least I can.
0: All right, all right. So when you okay, that piece about <laughs> Vietnam and all those situations, I'm wondering uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you had a chance to live in another era and write poetry, what would you choose? Which era?
2: Oh,
1: well, I think if I had a chance to go back and have fun again, I'd go back to when I, you know, back to the mid late 60s, you know, or even though, I mean, go, I'd go back to the British invasion. I'd go back to when the Beatles landed in America. I mean, I'd go through that <laughs> that whole thing again. Yeah, seriously.
0: And what Jeff, do you, wow. Have, Linda, in the Beatles <laughs> hit <In> America. Wow. <laughs> Tell me more.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, 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 well, they did land in America. I mean, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Are you too young to remember that, Michael? (laughs) Yes. Well, actually, I don't. I'm not that old. But (laughs) I want to clarify. But I I wouldn't mind going back to the old days of Motown and the Supremes and the Temptations. So I know what you're saying. Oh, I know what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, that was 62. (laughs) No, it wasn't just the people. no. If you're talking about, yeah, if you're talking about that time period, you're talking about Otis Redding, you're talking about James Brown, you're talking about Little Richard, you're talking about, yeah, I mean, you're getting to that whole, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Supremes, absolutely, yeah, the, the, the bonds, I mean, all that, all that. All right, the last, last
0: question. We'll be night. When do you think about going back, my friend? What would you tell your younger writing self or whenever you started writing poetry, what would you tell that person, your younger writing self?
1: I would say um, to really look around you and see what 's going on more than i more than I was. I mean I was aware of a mm-hmm. lot of things, but a lot of things i didn 't. Uh, I I wasn't aware of I know I think if you want to understand the world you need to read you need to look at history you Mm -hmm. need to just really think about things and understand things I would say just look around and then think about what you seen. yeah Really really spend more time doing that than I did
0: okay all right you're on Linda please share your work
1: okay this is a tribute section and uh, speaking of music, this one's called Burclair, We Miss You, B.B. King. Preach your way across the song, emotions through music acted on, from tremolo to hypnotic dance, melancholy moaning chant, feverishness without frenzy, no jittery apology, love and loss intoned, hard-hearted man or woman bemoaned, cheating man or woman disowned. An army of scales and chords, bearing dissonant musical scores, playing the devil's note, commanding legion, singing off the beat, syncopated strum, a high-pitched piercing on the air, confront right or wrong on a dare, face up to the choice and tell, angels or demons, heaven or hell, for having faced either allure, what else is there to fear? Hear a heart sing, not rotten, only torn with grief and forgotten, feel the weight and vigor of this genre so oral. Hear what's reflected in the sonic mural. Elation, um, salaciousness, sal- excuse me, sensuality. The moral coils, coils gravity. Call and response felt deep in skin and soul. A beat strong and true, never growing cold. The removal of scar, inflicting yokes. Warbling music of the gods, rebellious enough to be outlawed. The good, the bad, take up either sword. Yet with other forms of song, blues is not at war. Merely disparate or contrasting as such, not the antithesis of other music much. A far cry from some, distant cousin of many, distinct and deviant, comparisons are plenty. But to find music incomparable to blues... You won't find any. Warm whiskey bellies on country lanes, replaced by ice and snow and freezing veins. Some buoyancy as driven theater beats of rock, like heavy metal without angst or shock. No upbeat pop, optimistic with cheer, just the human condition's atmosphere. Not folk's eternal idealistic optimism, but its prism of fair-minded liberalism. Its search for freedom matches heart. These descriptions explain in part the blues' enduring positivity and Riley's eternal legacy. That's my tribute to good old BB. And you know, I probably saw him in concert about 13 or 14 times in my wow. life. I love that movie. He, did he, he sing Lucille? Did he, awesome.
0: <laughs>
1: he sing what? Did he sing
0: Lucille? Lucille. Is that his song? What's the best his his signature song? What's his signature song called? Lucille, right?
1: He had to. He yeah. He had to. He played on Lucille. I mean, what's you going to do, sit there and play his guitar and not call her by name? Oh, can you imagine <laughs> what's what <other laughs> going on back
0: there? Right.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I didn't mean to offend him. <laughs> 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 You're serious about <laughs> BBT. <laughs> <laughs> I be here, I'm sorry. I, I interrupted. You're not
1: going to offend Lucille either, I can tell you <laughs> that. <I> just, All <laughs> right. I interrupted. Okay, sorry. Next, <laughs> one's called, next one's called Bowie. It's about David Bowie. I wrote this on the day he died frail but unswerving his death unnerving if we begged him to stay would he with pain and loss of dignity now the star man channels Lazarus major Tom floats free to represent us okay so that's that and then I have one that's called fairy tales exposed I see even with eyes closed in sleep dishonesty when the vow to love is taken within the beauty of a kiss our poetry becomes visible he or me the queen partner easing us into the territory of the heart not to be lost the verdict of truth should speak with great care and exactitude from our caring lips but deep sleep can teach the lapse time does does not always work in our favor therefore listening to tales from either emperors or mendicants sometimes exposes the very shape of fairy tales. And I will lose all if I only believe in the merits of fantasy and not its deficits. Okay, then I have okay another one, another music. We lost another musician, Rick Ocasek of the Cars. That was one of my favorite bands in the 80s was the Cars. And, and uh, they, when he died, I was, I was crushed. Born Against Hitler's Might, A polished scarecrow come to fight, guarding against crow's shallow dull calling. Mutt to Jeff, metaphorical meters and lyrics surround, deep thrusting beat and organs streamlined flow. A swirl of playful words taking you as deep as you'll go. Thanks for bringing your shine to music's hackneyed, achromatic soundscape. Red, white, and black aphrodisiac. Good night, goodbye, New Wave Night. Okay, I'm not sure how familiar with the cars, but that that was kind of their their color theme was the red, white and black and he had these really strange lyrics but that he had to this incredible music. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to him much, you might wanna check that out. This last one's called In the Days of Lennon. All satisfaction afforded in that final frontier. But here we square our shoulders while somewhere in our vicinity, someone closes weary eyes for the last time. Those having passed, their ghost faces rising, their spots recently vacated as new folks repeat their gestures, and God, with an allegorical flick, waves them through. They continue living with practiced eyes, and only at the end do they diminish, turning into mysterious shadows. Nothing so dire as falling through a crack by virtue of their extraordinary activities having been performed throughout their lives within the framework of such a revolutionary thing as love. So those are my tribute poems.
2: All
0: right. Thank you. As always, a beautiful, beautiful, you know, I heard so much emotion in that set Yeah. Emotions for others in terms of loss. I heard that. I I, I felt that, to be quite honest, my friend. I felt it. And I think my first question to you is, do you think a person can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? No. Tell me more.
1: That's my personal opinion. No, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's just my opinion i think any any poets that are listening tonight are shaking their head and going right on linda that's that's correct um, mm-hmm. because poetry is um just like music is emotion uh uh poetry's rhythm and emotion um so yeah there there's that yeah I think he, i think i think you have to be kept. Can you, can you write something emotional um, from a, with being removed from it somewhat, so that you're, you know, you're working on technique and stuff like that? Yes, you can. But if, if in the end, when you read it, if it doesn't evoke a feeling that you were trying to get across, and it's not done well yet, and you, one needs to go back and revise it.
0: Does All that right. make sense? It does make sense. It really does. I've right. asked that question a lot. and Most people, well, actually, most people have said no. Most people have said no. Really? Yes. No. I mean, what you said, that you can't be a poet, potentially a poet, if you don't feel strong emotions, most of the people that I've worked with in this forum have said that's true, if you don't experience emotions.
1: Yes. Yes. Well and no. that goes back to the whole thing about writing for yourself.
0: Yeah. You know, I see. if I'm writing
1: to I understand see. the world, the world. I am writing to understand the world, but I'm also writing to understand my reaction mm-hmm. to the world
0: as I mm-hmm. perceive it. So yeah.
1: well uh, that, when that, you that write
0: Are you having a conversation in your head with anybody when you write? Or are you just writing straight for the page? Does that make sense? Who are yeah, you no,
1: that makes thinking good. of? Yeah, that okay, makes, that makes very good sense. Um, I'm I'm having a conversation with myself at that point because um, I don't, you know, I I know there are people out there that professionally, uh, you know, s- sit on the street corner at a table, and somebody will come up, "Can you write me a poem about a flower?" And you know, they they whip it out, and I I I can't do that. I I don't write off the cuff. Um, I have to be very thoughtful. I have to really reflect on what it is I'm trying to say and how I'm trying to say it. I, I, I think that's it's, it's really important. I know a poem is done when I've said what I want to say the way I want to say it. I mean That's how mm-hmm. I know that my work's done, and that involves a lot of conversation with myself.
0: All right. I think that's a mature and smart way to do it. I really do?
1: Well thank you. I did not call me.
0: Let's go back to the word. Let's go back to emotions for these last two questions. Make I don't know whether it's four or five.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm glad you okay. here. All right. When you think about writing, does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not?
1: Does it hurt me?
0: Yes. Oh, not literally, time. but yeah, figuratively. Sometimes. Yes.
1: Yeah, no, sometimes it's extremely painful, especially when I write. This one about B.B. B. King, I probably cried for two weeks, you know, before, during, and after. Uh, oh, I did. I, I loved that man. He, he, he was my favorite blues person, and, and believe me, I'm a blues person. So, but he was mm-hmm. my favorite um, but you know I, I've written poems about my dad you know we, we, I've written poems about friends that have died Yeah, you, you, you have to delve into all that even if you don't want to if you want to write a tribute or you want to get something off your chest about something I don't automatically write um, interestingly enough the the, the Burclair one I didn't write for a few weeks uh, the Bowie mm. one I wrote that very day in the classic one, I wrote that very day. I've got some others. When Tom Petty died, it was probably a week before I sat down and wrote, wrote anything. When Leonard Nimoy died, I wrote a <clears> poem <throat> that day about it. It just depends on how it hit me and, and my mood and everything, or at least I, when I say I wrote it, I mean I got started and you know, really started laying things out. But, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and that's the other thing. You know, If you're writing for yourself, I mean, you're, you're laying it out on the table there.
0: You, yes, you are yes, absolutely
1: you are. On. They may couch some of it in metaphor, but you're laying it on the table there. Mm. Wow. But then some other Last things. one. I'm just interested.
0: Yes. yes. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering in terms of just stay with the word hurt again. Are you willing to be hurt by the poetry of others that you read? Figuratively, oh, yeah. of course.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I've read some pieces that just broke my heart. Yeah, I mean, mm, and I, mm. and there's the pieces I go, wow, person really put themselves out there. I mean, that's that's powerful what they wrote. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Think about songs. Think about think about mm-hmm. music and song lyrics. I mean, are there songs that you listen to that just crush you? Yes. Uh, as yes. Opposed to, yeah. Somebody's writing something about you know. Beep off down the street mm-hmm. or something crazy like that, but yeah, I mean, there's some songs that just absolutely wow. You are uh, there's there's a song called um, there's a, a country western person called Jerry Jeff Walker. He wrote Mister Bojangles. Did he really now? I love that song. Yeah, I love that song. Well, of course you do, but think of, think of the emotion that when when he talk, when they talk oh, about yeah. his, um, he's still grieving over his dog. Oh my god! you have mm-hmm. to be you have to be dead yourself if you're not touched mm-hmm. by that by those lines. And then he wrote another well, song called "My Old Man." Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, if you've never heard the Nina Simone version of Mr. Bojangle, please listen to it. Oh yeah Oh
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I've listened to pretty much everything she's ever done,
0: too. Yeah, that voice. We need to talk offline (laughs)
1: Linda.
0: We do, we do. We need to talk offline. Oh, that Okay, let's go back to the poetry concert. (laughs) (laughs) Give
1: me some more. uh,
0: Wow,
1: yeah. Okay, the next part is... um, I call it religion and myth, um, which I, I'm, I'm trying to be careful about that because I don't want um, maybe esoteric or something would would be better because um, so, some of this is is it, it's kind of interesting stuff and I don't want to have somebody say oh well that's a religion or she thinks that's a myth or whatever because that's not how I how I'm meaning it. So let me just read and. Shut up. Okay. This one's called Dream Catcher. Call on memories to review the day, to plan, aspire to, futures seen perfectly in dreams. Draw from the mystic pool elements needed for life and to face the Godhead, this never disappointing web of power. Our guardian, we trust you to entrap our fears. Our advocate, to hold our desires. Our conciliator, to hear our entreaties, our deliverer, to secure our safety. You use all manner of transcendental paths to form our thoughts into something we can explain. Because of you and your never-ceasing watchfulness each night, Ojibwe Spider Mother, we are gifted with each new day. MIGWitch. Now, MIGWitch is the Ojibwe word for thank you. So, uh, And I do have dream catch on a dead post. I, I, I think those are really cool and uh, love that whole idea. This next one's called Lazarus the Refined. The once-dead Lazarus wakes, stands up, steps over the dull coins that fall from his eyes. He feels the power of his old death, which came without warning, as supposedly no remedy, as a dreamy memory. His awkwardness falls away as the banishing heaviness, once laid upon him, becomes forgotten. He escapes the hazy straitjacket of his passing. The ratification of his death is repealed. He greets Joshua like a friend from the ages. When one helps you rise, it is one's duty to transform into a courageous yet genteel gentleman, although even as a corpse he behaved quite, quite well. Okay. This, next one is, this, this next one was a really fun one to write. It's called The Bone Shop, and it, it's, it's creepy in a real fun kind of way. And, and it, I'll, I'll just read it, and then you can tell me if you knew it, what in the heck I was talking about here. Collectors mm. lurch up a set of narrow, dark stairs. Within their chest, they feel a hot wave of desire to procure one or more of these vendables their stark sensations skeletons feel without their former cover, the body's framework on display, now deposed from the seats of the wealthy only by death. These were not the fallen nor the ignored. These were those who walked grand halls and affluent mansions, ones once dressed in satin who strode carrying sapphire handbags and pearl-handled walking sticks. Enthusiasts can spend one whole evening sifting through skulls upon which sits the sweetness of vanity. Shoppers can spend one whole evening scrutinizing the singular beauty of various limbs to find the best rarities. Some hobbyists prefer scrounging through the grouped league of broken parts in a bin, considering the detailing fatigue for the older bones all evaluating the incontestable beauty of the eggshell and alabaster surfaces, hoping the ownership of at least one item may bring a bit of luck toward accruing their own prosperity. So that's that one. And I had fun writing that one because I thought, okay, you know, there's all these bones out there, you know, of all these poor people and, you know, pauper's graveyards and everything what if you took bones of all these rich people and you put them in a shop and people thought they could buy them and, you know, increase their own wealth through that. It was just kind of an interesting concept. I know there's something wrong with me. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) I I had fun with that one. Okay. This next (laughs) one is called the only letter from Ultima Thule and Ultima Thule is that place, out beyond the borders of that which exists. It's a, it's a mythical place. But supposedly there was this let, one letter that came from there. In this realm beyond borders of the known world, here the ghosts of the dead linger, and thoughts of tomorrow have no place. Ever-changing cloud patterns do not exist. Only colorless blankets of billowed vapor hang as a dead overhead canopy which blocks the stars. Vessels of dead lilies line paths, and nearby a once merry maypole sags, its banners lackluster, somber, and torn. Dark drabness and uh, sterility are masters here. All objects, whether matter or spirit, wear light gray surfaces, flat without any matted texture. There's no moving forward. There's no going somewhere new. And if you linger, you will become like this place is. Creation past this point will be a challenge never met. Ultima Thule stands at the top of the world as the place over which explorers trip while seeking somewhere greater than where they came from. Wow. So that's that one. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you. You know, you you group those poems for a reason. Am I correct? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is the purpose of that particular set? What are you trying to say? The purpose of this, oh, this set is
1: just uh, look, looking at some beliefs,
0: looking at some belief systems,
1: and thinking about how how I react to them. When I heard, first read about ultimate. I thought, okay, that sounds like kind of an interesting place. I wonder what it would be like. You know, here again, we're going back to those what ifs. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of my ones that fall in this category, except for the Dreamcatcher, that, that could have gone under tribute, um, are kind of the what ifs. You know, what 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 if this? What if that? And um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of when where I went with that. Same with the Bone Shop. You know, what if there was a shop like that where people could go, you know, and get rich people's, rich people's skeletons or right.
0: What, Linda, my friend, would you potentially give up to be a better writer? I'm not saying that you're not' that's just missing the question yeah, no, 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 i'm
1: thinking i'm i'm thinking that's a good that's a really good question too what would i give up uh, i think I would give up the um, Maybe not the thought. It's not even really a belief, but I'll, I'll use the word. Belief. Mm-hmm. I'd give up the belief that there's there, that there's certain things I couldn't write about. Mm-hmm. I think I'd give that up. Um, you know, I, I realize I don't have a lot of the experiences that you know that the that, that other people have had, and uh, which again is you know another reason I write for myself. But I'm thinking, you know, since I since I do tend to go into that what if thing I'm thinking, Uh I can think, okay, what if I were, you know, what if I were this or that? As a matter of fact, I wrote a poem called Digging the Day, and it's about a male beatnik back in the day. And, of course, he's taking drugs, and he's sleeping with He's doing all this stuff, and, you know, I don't do all that, but I wrote as if I were him and mm-hmm. the kind of day that he's having. Um, and, and, and and so I think if that, I think you have to just put aside the fact that there's nothing you can't write about if you put your mind to it.
0: All right. That, that's you know, that, sure. that first poem that you wrote in that particular set dealt with a spiritual bent. I think I'm correct with that. Mm-hmm. And what yes, I want to yes, know is – Tell me about a poem that you've written that you're very, very proud of, but were afraid to share it due to the possibility of misinterpretation. Oh, Is gosh. Is that the one?
1: Um, that's, that's a really good question, too. I'm trying to
0: think. Um, I think because I know example. you prefaced the, po- the first poem that you, that, you, that you shared, but you wanted people to not n- misunderstand it. That's why I asked that question.
1: Right, right, right. Not misunderstand it. Um, I don't know other than, uh, hmm, that's a really good question. Gosh, I I really don't have an answer for you right off the top of my head. I know I have some, but I can't think Mm -hmm. of them right now. And You're absolutely right. I think every poet has those. Uh, that that might be misinterpreted i try to be very Mm -hmm. careful writing about uh race because i don't Mm -hmm. want that to be misinterpreted i have written a couple of poems about race i wrote one called Mm -hmm. she's just like me and it's about Mm -hmm. uh, a, a set of dolls and um they're, the dolls look different, you know, based on characteristics. And I, I had some characteristics in there. I, I, I remember writing about the hair of the black doll, and mm-hmm. uh, the the coiling of the hair. But the way I wrote it, I thought was really cool. It came, out, it was kind of you know like a coil, like in a galaxy. You know, it's like a, yes. like each each individual hair is like like a galaxy within itself, you can imagine all these brilliant galaxies, you know, in this little girl's head.
2: <coughs>
1: and then, excuse me, I'm sorry. And then there was a, you know, there was a Native American doll in there, and, I and I, and you know, I, I try to be really careful with cultural things and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. overstep, you know, not think I know something when I don't. Right, um, right, or, right. you know, try, try and, you know, comment on the way somebody looks. And have it misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. I really don't think on that one that they would. I I, mm-hmm. I don't think wow. that particular one they would. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well, that's a very honest answer, and I appreciated you sharing it the way mm-hmm. that you did.
1: Let's yeah. let's continue
0: yeah. with the poetry concert. Let's continue with the concert.
1: Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, we'll go to the last section here, which is called the peace section. Now, doesn't mean that you know all. Is, again, uh, we'll you can call it whatever you want when when we're all done with it. Um, this one's called Lakeside Drive. Part of London has sinned at Lakeside Drive, say some outside of it. This one street with provincial distinction in this valuable world. Inside, once past the sign resembling carved and engraved bone at the entrance. One can discover that a lack of reliance on modern technology will still allow a place to make great human progress. Along this wide street, these residents worship a subroutine, not of computers, but of a sanctified uh, concord of declared harmony between people, groups, races. The only apparent sustaining their, the only apparatus sustaining their progress An expertise of handiness, versatility, respect, and love. The reverse significance of data processing. The process of having a pragmatic outlook while using both the head and the heart. The denizens on this map trust no inept theist rabble. They trust only the preservation of unchastened optimism and the flame of level temperament. And they balance the optic as neighbors shaking hands with courtesy. There's no fallacious brag about Lakeside Drive. It simply exists as a beacon of hope for a more appropriate now. And that's Lakeside Drive.
0: Are you ready for me? That's... Okay, you're not ready for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, second, the concert continues, am I correct? Yes, yes. Were you able to hear Lakeside Drive? Yes, I was. It was beautiful. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I was.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Um. And that's another one of those what ifs, but, you know, uh, here again, you know, kind of tying those pieces together. Uh, this was called The Temple at Twilight. The Temple at Twilight, soft the evening presses in. No squeeze, just gentle pressure. The susurration of the fountain heard with open ears. The shimmer of light from candles glow, seen with open eyes. That soft embrace felt with an open heart as a hug given tenderly by all the angels you can name. Now, see, that one could have very well gone under the, quote, religion myth. This is why I'm, try- mm-hmm. I'm trying to be careful not, you know, categorize them too um, specifically kind of put them in big Mm -hmm. categories we doing okay on time here no I don't are are we doing okay on time
0: no I don't can you hear me Uh,
1: yeah I'm asking you are, are we okay on time we still have time Oh yes, I'm sorry. I thought more. you said oh, okay. Canton, um, okay, like no, C A N
0: no. or C O N T O N. I was like, no, is that a city in China? <laughs> I don't know. All right, <laughs> we have time. We have all the time in the world. This all the time, so don't, don't worry about the time. I controlled it. All right. <laughs> this, is this
1: is probably the all right. best one that we've done together. This is the this is the most fun. This is the best. Okay, this one's called When That Old Bridge Falls Down. We'll crawl up from the everlasting dense dark through a veiled hole, friending shadows and rocks in the bid to connect with who is now left when that old bridge falls down. When war is done, when some forms of flesh have survived transmutation, how we now appear, pale and bestial, will be at odds with what is swirling within our beautiful hearts when that old bridge falls down. To see what's crumbled, this brave new world, our inheritance. To know that to rebuild will take new action, new thoughts. To feel inside that underground days must come to an end. To no longer look at others as if a wide river divides us. To understand bridges are meant to be links, not scaffolds used to stage rifts when that old bridge falls down. Okay, so that's that one. This next one's a pretty new one. It's called When Writing Heals. It might give you a little more insight into my writing. Uh, each day has a mass of memories. I might have one bad hour with pain that hurts, pain that changes. Time is free, but not mine to keep. Therefore, with what time I am lent, I want to hold my own pen. I can never be sure of time. So I'll let emotion find words and tell myself that happiness is the way to think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that might give you a little more insight into what we've been talking about as far as how I write and what how I think about what I write. All right. All right. Okay, the, the last one that I have here, and I, if, if we need others, I can find them. Oh, I have one more. Okay, it's called The Memory of the Words of Doves. Kind words leave no scars. Instead, they leave caresses on the memory of the words of doves. Beautiful feathers sent by friends, soft as a bed of creamy blossoms. We all remember what happened years ago, the easy way some people spoke to us and kept their oaths. Yesterdays, when every dove lent their voices to the glory of the world and tenderness and peace brought beauty. So for today, I wish you peace. Okay, so that's the end of that one.
0: All right. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I want to know, my friend, you've written books. You've shared your work in different places. Do you think Uh you were meant to be a poet?
1: Do I think I'm meant to be? Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: Yes. Do you think you're meant to be a poet? That you were meant to be a poet. Yes, yes I
1: meant Yes, I yes, I need to be a poet. That, that's something I need to do. Yes, I have a burning desire to be a poet. Not necessarily to be a famous, you know, published, uh, you know money grabbing person, but someone that needs to get their, their words out there and uh, whatever way I can. But more than that, again, Zach, I need to write for myself. So yes.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what surprises you about being a poet?
1: I think that's a very good question. Um, Surprises. I feel anything. It's the ease with which sometimes poems come and sometimes they don't. And by that I don't mean that things like Berclair, where I had to really, or mods dancing, where I really had to go back and kind of, you know, uh, juxtapose words and things like that. You know, Berclair, I spent a lot of time on, um, you know, just what is different between blues and rock and heavy metal and folk and all this, but to put it in, you know, in, in, in a way that people, you know, that people might understand it. Um, it wasn't hard to write. It just took time to write. But mm-hmm. I think what surprises me is sometimes some things are a lot harder to write than other things. Not necessarily time-consuming, just harder.
0: I understand. You know, yeah. I promised five sets when we started. <laughs> Can you share two more? <laughs> that would make it five cents. Yes. To close out the, the, uh, the yes. show,
1: I will share, the concert. Yeah, I will share. I will share two out of my two, two out of my nature. One. Uh, let me see. Let me find the shorter ones here. Okay, Kai eye, I'll share. Uh, the dimming of those strange stars brings the day, as our own familiar orb slowly advances upwards like a kite, her string let out gently by an unknown hand. Her periphery disturbed only by fire's touch. Yet one day she'll be old and lame. Getting up will be harder. The dimensions of that kite having shrunk, her morning's eye turning cloudy. That same eye turning back toward our sphere, without ever again looking at us. Now that, that that's obviously about the sun. You know, uh, uh, you know, someday our sun's going to burn out. Um, I think you'll like this last one. It's shorter, but it's also, you know, you, we were talking about the prairie and everything. Since I'm in Kansas, this one's called Open Spaces. It feels great to be out from under rolling carpets of steel and stone. I'm standing with outline anonymity, breathing in the glorious solitude, enjoying the simple subtract, subtraction of so much weight from my shoulders. It's so easy to forestall deep sorrow here while feeling the deepening rumble of a wet, thunderous afternoon within my chest, the wind battering from all sides, turning my hair like the medusa as I wait for the open spaces and the nighttime Kansas, uh, canvas of midnight blue to be painted across the sky. Wow.
0: Okay, wow. Well, those are... All right. As you think about your book, what piece of advice would you give to your readers, if any, if they pick up Speaker's Frequency? What advice would you give? Uh-huh. Them? Uh
1: huh. My advice would be to read the foreword because there are some illustrations in that book and they might look at the illustration and go, what in the blazes is this? Whereas if they read the foreword, it kind of explains that whole process. Um, I've had this recurring dream since I was, well, I'm not going to attribute it to the moon landing, but the day after the moon landing, I had the first one. And there's a mysterious corridor, and that poem is in the book. Um Before they read that whole section about um, the 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 there and the then, you know that whole what if section. Uh, The first Mm -hmm. form is called Mysterious Quarter. I, I suggest they read that one first, so they understand what my what my whole thinking is about that whole process of things that could be and things that seem to be, and maybe they are, but. Maybe they're not. I really don't think this place exists except in in my mind. But Mm it's a place that I always go back to. I mean, you know, some people have – I don't know if you ever have any recurring dreams that you've had throughout your life. But this is is one of five different ones that I've had. I'm in this mysterious Mm -hmm. corridor, and there's a certain thing. And there are these, these creatures, and they're not in cages but they're in, and, and, and there's nothing keeping them in there. They're, they're in an open space, but it, it, they're, they're swirling in this mist. And as mm-hmm. they go down this hallway, there's these different compartments that have these creatures in them. And it's taken me years to see what some of them actually look like. And I'm not a very good artist, but, you know, and mm-hmm. I only see bits and pieces. But I've done some drawings based on what I've seen. Um, of, of these creatures, and I've I've given them all names, you know, because I'm I've seen them enough all these years, mm-hmm. and the list has grown significantly. I don't always start in the I don't always start back at the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. I I kind of move down down the corridor as we're going along. Mm-hmm. But there's this one creature that is not in a compartment, and I, I don't know I, I don't know what this means except in terms of, you know, some psychological disorder or something that I have. But I call him the tapping man. It's like he has tap shoes on. He's running around the perimeter of this entire area. And I, I can hear him coming up, you know, along. Of course, he's not right next to me, but, you know, I can hear him on the outside. And then, you know, I can hear him kind of go off. And then I can hear him coming down the other side. It's a really, really interesting, fascinating dream. So, you know, it's something that somebody might want to look at, uh, maybe to see if I need to be committed or something. <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> where, know. Can, where can listeners find your work, my friend? Where can they find your work?
1: Um, they can find my work at several places. One of the best places to find my work, well, they can find my work on Amazon. Uh, they can mm-hmm. find my Soma Publishing work uh, at somapublishing.com.
0: All right. All right. How can listeners stay in touch? I couldn't okay. hear you. Were you I couldn't hear what you're saying in terms of I heard Amazon, then I heard one more, but I didn't hear the third one.
1: That's okay. Well, there, there there's Linda on Facebook. There's Linda's uh, uh, Linda's poetry page. Mhm. Uh, Linda Ember poet is 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 what it's called it's it's a page on Facebook, Linda or poet. and then this one here, lindaspoetryblog.blogspot.com. dot and I'll say that one again. Linda's And that one's neat because I've, I've got anything that's been published pretty much is on there. I've got a list of publications that are coming. I've got all the radio shows on there. I've got all my interviews on there. I mean, I have uh, testimonials from readers on there. Basically, anything you would want to know about me and my writing is on there. And that's a Google page, so people can get a hold of me uh, on that or, you know, through Facebook. I'm also on Instagram at uh, hashtag Ember Poet. Mm-hmm. So that people All can right. hold me there.
0: So yeah, okay. that's pretty much it. The last question: I know you're ready to leave. <laughs> what is no, what's fine. next for you? <laughs> what's next for you, my friend? Where do you go from here?
1: Okay, are you I, okay? I hope you're sitting down so that you can hear this. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> I have four books in the pipeline. Oh, oh, oh. yeah i so, know they're going they'll roll they'll roll out you know over the next couple of years um and i'm not they're not set in stone so i may have some changes i may add or subtract a poem here or there uh one i'll publish one someone will publish one i'll publish one i kind of alternate with mark on you know publishing my own work and he'll publish you know the ebooks um One's called Doubt and Truth, and every poem has to do with those kind of things. One is called Viewpoints While in Rome, and it's kind of an interesting book because I took uh, maxims, uh, Latin, Latin sayings, and wrote a poem about my reaction to that saying, you know. And uh, then I've got one called Octave, which is actually uh, – I. Pro- I Probably shouldn't talk about this one too much because this one I'm putting together for somebody, right. and uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. And then I've got one called Twelve Month, Twelfth Month, Twelfth Like, in Twelfth Night from Shakespeare, but it's not yes. about Shakespeare. Called Twelfth Month. And it's basically the poems are divided into heart, mind, and soul poems. But there's one, there's a heart, mind, and soul poem for January and one for February. So, you know, there's, you know, 36 poems there when you're all done. And then I'm still working on, I, I've got a little niece who's uh, working on the illustrations for uh, uh, the, princess, uh, the Princess and the Frog. She's doing the illustrations for that. So uh, children's poem that I wrote and be a little
0: children's book. <laughs> so, you
1: know, I've got stuff in the pipeline. You've got stuff in the
0: pipeline. You're very prolific. I thank you for participating in the poetry concert, and I think you deserve a round of
1: applause.
0: <laughs> I don't think as poets we receive enough applause for all the work that we do. And uh, the hard work, the hard work, putting ourselves out there. So that was for you, Linda, all right? Well, thank
1: you. That is very cool. I, I'm very proud. That's, that's wonderful. Give, I, mean, I know you're going to give one to all your future readers. I think they deserve it, too. Absolutely. Well, you you're the first one. Out there you're the first one that, that I played it for, movie. so uh, oh,
0: you're my okay. guinea pig in a sense. So thank you. <laughs> all right. All uh, all right. called
1: worse, Michael.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, we do have someone who's been on the line. I think they may want to ask you a question. Is that all right? I know it's time oh. to... To close up, okay, let's bring this person on. Area code six three zero. The first three numbers are four six seven. You're on the air with Linda. Good evening.
2: Good evening. How's Linda doing from that little nursery out there? Out there by the guitar, you know, zone.
1: Linda is doing great. We're working on number ten.
2: Ah, I know you do <laughs> such a you? great job of polishing and doing those enamels and what other fancy stuff, and all those clamps you use to keep everything in place. I'm so impressed. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Then this is Lee Johnson. How are you doing?
1: Yes, I I, I oh. recognize you. Thank you for calling, and I appreciate that. No, no, I I recognize your voice. You sound really good.
2: Well, you know what. No, you're just a special person, you know. You've been very supportive of me for years, uh, well, so when I see you. your name thank pop you. up and your face pop up, especially when it's what? with Michael Anthony Ingram, oh, wow. I've got, oh yeah, I've got thank to you. get, I've got to get on board because Michael well, is uh, one of the nicest, channel. sharpest, yes. Uh, yes. how do I say it, humbly, in- introspective, questionnaire yes. person. I've ever heard before. He's one of my know, favorite so. people in the
0: entire world. So you,
2: <laughs> thank you, Michael. On my namesake, thank you. By the way, I can say this here because I'm not on Facebook. As probably both of you know, I've been banned on Facebook. You know, um, it, it's a long story, but to make it really brief, I had a severe auto accident back October 2nd of last year, and I'm still on a walker. Yes. A lot of things right. going on. My condos being sold, et cetera. But the bottom line is, when I was in rehab, I basically wanted to be uh, to stay in touch with the five or six Facebook poetry groups that I administered, sure. mm-hmm. and uh-huh. I was not able to. Uh, ca- I was not able to retrieve my password from my original ID from my home computer because I was in. Rehab and and I don't normally use handheld devices, but I so I established a new account rehab. I went home finally, and all of a sudden they saw uh, a cell phone handheld device and my computer standalone being used in the same physical location. And quote for my own safety, they said we are going to ban your account. So you know I've been. uh, yeah no i'm very serious that's what happened yeah and wow uh, and trying to get back on once you've been banned i'm not talking about being in face i'm in jail facebook jail Mm -hmm. yeah once you have been permanently Mm -hmm. banned it's absolute hell they want you to show them your driver's license oh but but you're, you're not sending it in the right format it's not the right size it's not enough. We need to have a real ID or we need to have your birth certificate. We need to have your passport. We need to have your... And most of these things I'm just not able to get at this point where I'm at in my yes, rehabilitation. Sure. So, you know, so I snuck in privately under the name of... Uh, uh, don't, tell uh, don't tell anybody. Jesse Lee- <laughs> anybody. No, don't no, don't, don't tell anybody. Keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody. We know. We <laughs> know. Don't tell anybody. You never know who's <laughs> listening I'm Jesse Lee Michaels now okay, for a while <laughs> yeah. on Facebook all right. well, as a pen You're the one who spilled the beans. <laughs> but I'm worried because some of the people know me so well that I'm afraid yeah. to go, oh, Jesse Lee Michaels, oh, that's Michael Lee Johnson. And the fact of Ooh. the matter is Facebook picks up on all these communications through their algorithms. Uh, so yeah, I could very easily wow. be banned right back out. But anyway, listen, That's well, okay. neither here nor there. You know, yeah. I just, I'm just i sitting here listening to the busybody of in, I mean, of Linda. My God, kid, how many things do you have in your pipeline? It's almost overwhelming. Uh, I, I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I don't think you do either because uh, it's amazing. But, you know, Michael, you know this is one of the most supportive ladies in poetry, right? Contemporary yes, poetry. Yes, I know she a, is. I know, she's is. A wonderful,
0: she's I know a wonderful she is.
2: She's a wonderful person, supportive of others the best she can, and oh, uh, oh. Be, and being responsible while she does it.
0: Yes. So well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll
2: let word. you guys go. You know, I just. All right, that, thank you, sir. You, so, good okay, keep, keep, so good to hear from you. So good to hear from you. All right, keep, keep, wish keep you the best. You know, I everyone. don't know if you guys have my email or not, but uh, it's promomanusa at gmail. I have it. I have it. Yeah. You know, okay. And, I'll uh, send you something. You just some words of encouragement. I need to build. I need to build alternatives to Facebook. I'm on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think Linda and I may have connected there. Uh, yeah. But the bottom, but the bottom line is, ninety percent of all social media is owned by Facebook.
0: Wow. And uh,
2: all the significant ones, and if they don't own it, they will purchase it out to kill the competition. And mm-hmm. uh, with Facebook, it is mostly ran by algorithms and very few staff. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult. Here's the lesson learned. If you don't own it or you've invested your life, don't go there.
0: The bottom line is
2: Facebook can cancel your life out in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, and it's well, very difficult once they decide to ban you for whatever reason they come up with. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. did anything wrong except support my poets over fifteen years. I built those right. platforms over thirty three thousand five hundred members, and all of a sudden, I'm just gone pretty yeah, it's pretty well, heartbreaking.
0: yeah,
1: well,
2: yeah well, Michael, on that
0: note, we need to close yeah. out my friend, yes, um
2: yes we. Yes, uh, now, listen, Michael, be real quickly, how are you going over your 60 minutes? I noticed you're over that.
0: I <laughs> know. It's a secret. It's a secret. No, it's I don't not. To you tell know what about I think, Michael? I think since your
2: mother passed, I think yes. you just figured out, hey, you know what? Life is short.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it and is. And, you
2: know, because I was it really is. in tune with, with your mother passing. That was heartbreaking. Yes, me. Okay. yes. Well, but anyway, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank all you. Michael, for, thank for you everybody. Block care me. Michael, Michael. Yes. Yes.
0: All right. To all the listeners, it was a fantastic program, and we're so glad you joined me every week. So as I share with you at the end of this program, I always say, "Let poetry ring." Good night everybody. Good night.
2: Good night, Michael. Michael. Good night, Michael. Good night, Linda. Good night now. All right. Bye Bye now.
0: Bye-bye. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at QLPOR.com.